This episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is presented by DragRaceLawyer.com. DragRaceLawyer.com, legal help on and off the track. Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com is a longtime drag racer with over 25 years of experience in small business to large corporate legal work. For all your high-powered legal needs, get DragRaceLawyer.com. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I'm your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show. This is episode number three. It is the first full week in May. Here we go. Uh, we have an absolutely huge episode on tap today. We've got uh, results uh, from NHRA national event in Atlanta. We've got um, Division Three and Division Six results to talk about, and then also the PDRA event in Virginia. Um, so we've get get those results to you and get you caught up on what happened over the weekend when it wasn't raining. And then also we have Earl False from Earl False Racing um, and the CEO of the Midwest Pro Mod Series, Keith Haney. All today, exciting times. You're going to love these interviews. I can't wait. Um, but uh, before we get there, if you have any um, suggestions for the show, if you just want to follow along, follow us on Twitter at, at Fast Brackets. Uh, like the Facebook page, the Fast Brackets Podcast um, on Facebook, or send me an email, fastbrackets at outlook.com. All those ways you can get a hold of me. Uh, talk about maybe something you want to highlight um, over the next couple of weeks, month, this summer. Um, I'm happy to look into it and see about uh, see about uh, the conversation that comes around those topics. Um, but uh, let's get into it. All right, all right, all right. Let's fire it up. Let's get it in the water box. Get them hot and talk a hot topic here. So you next up, uh, you know him from Radial versus the World fame. You know him as the first nitrous car to the 380s. You know him as the CEO of Midwest Pro Mod Series. Keith, you know my name, Haney. Keith, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. How are you all today? We're doing well. We're doing well. Hey, um... Before everybody knew your name, um, talk to us a little bit about your start in racing. Well, in 19, God, I can't remember. It was 19, I think it was 97. I drove down to, drove down to um, Texas 
Uh, what the heck's that name? Starts with a T. Um, uh, to anyway, I ended up buying a 1963 Corvette. Okay. So I bought a little 63 Corvette. Um, brought it home. It had a, a. Everybody probably knows Jimmy Lewis. Jimmy Lewis had a little 585 in it that Jimmy had in his uh, one of his top sportsman cars back in the day. Uh, so or a super gas car, super gas car that he had in a super gas car back in the day. So anyway. I get it home, and of course I play with it a little bit, and I start bracket racing a little bit locally, and um, that was my first real car. Now before that, my dad did it, but okay. my first real car, my first real car was a '63 Corvette. <clears throat> she wouldn't run no faster than um, I think it was eight oh four. It wouldn't, and I think the bump was seven ninety nine in top sportsman. So um, I had some good times with it, and I had a little top dragster. Then moved up. I bought um, I bought me Todd Horner's old GTO, old Pro Stock GTO. Uh-huh. Um, ended up buying a Wally Stroop car. Bought a GTO and started top sports race. That's first time I ever went in the six eighties. And then I built me a new car and a little GXP, which uh, Wayne Johnson owns it now. Actually, I think um, PJ PJ owns it now. Um, he's top sportsman racer. Okay. Anyway, had a little GXP and then built me another GXP and then built me a couple. Decided out, you know what? Um, I stopped sportsman racing, doing good. Won a couple races there in Houston and Dallas and Tulsa. And, you know, I traveled to Division Four and raced with Keith Rafferty and Bahana and um, Berger's and um, I kind of Galetti, both Galetti boys. Uh, I can kind of go through all of them. I mean, just uh, Donovan, all of them. We all race together. Uh, and a lot of them still race today, Pipke and um, Tuckers and Whites. So <clears throat> really enjoyed top sportsman racing. Um, me and Jeffrey Cummins were best friends um, when we were racing and both top sportsmen. And one day I decided, you know what, I want to step it up and go pro mod racing. What the hell I was thinking, but decided <laughs> I wanted to do that. <laughs> That's kind of how it all, how it all started, and then you know, kind of the race, they built a couple of Camaros, and then um, decided to build a couple more, and, <laughs> and to, I just kept going. Yeah, and they're uh, they're very very solid pieces right now. Which uh, what's the car you're racing now? Notorious. Notorious. Actually, I built two Camaros before that. Me and John Woods. I don't know if you remember John Woods. I think he sponsors. Kirk Pipke in his top sportsman car, Performance Auto, is on the side of his car. Okay. So, John Woods and I have kind of teamed up um, back, and um, y'all probably know um, Justin Shears, which was um, Street Outlaws. That'd be, uh, sure. Um, anyway, uh, he, he kind of tuned for us a little bit on the pro uh, when we decided to go pro mod racing. John Woods, he was tuning his car. They were good friends from Oklahoma City, but anyway – um, and then I built these. Then I built Notorious. Notorious was uh, Larry Jeffers' car, and that's the one I'm running Pro Nitrous uh, or Midwest Pro Mod Series now. Gotcha. And those have all been nitrous cars, right? Everyone since the day I started has been nitrous cars. Gotcha. Okay. And then, I'm so not, I'm not smart enough to switch. <laughs> well, that, that's the beauty of the classes. I think is there's a and a lot of guys get in certainly with the nitrous and figure it out and either try something else or, or stay with it. But, uh, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. And, um, 
so that's that's pretty interesting. Um, but you you were racing pro mod for quite a long time, and then um, and then you started this Midwest Pro Mod series. How'd that come about? Well, well, I mean, of course, I was, I was running pro mod. I was running, of course, the XDRL, ADRL, PDRA. All of them. Then, of course, I, I built Enigma, which is my radial versus world car. I built Enigma and went out the lights out and shocked the world. That's where you got first of the 380s. That was a car that made every car in the country go fast and radial versus the world. Fastest car I think anybody had ever been was a 384. Then I went 381 that night, Wednesday, 2015. On Wednesday night, when I wasn't even supposed to qualify, I go 381. Mills goes... Dwayne Mills, good friend of mine, goes 380 with a 7, and someone else goes 380 with a 6. So we were all right there together. Yeah. And then, of course, now everybody's going in the you – know, there's 50s now. But uh, It's amazing. And then, you know, I was sitting there, and, of course, I was still running – I've always run Pro Nitrous and PDRA. And 2017, um, maybe it was uh, end of 16, they announced that they weren't coming to the Midwest anymore. And, of course, with no common sense, I said, well, that ain't right. And I don't want to travel to the East Coast to race my cars. Um, so I decided to I come up with a great idea for the Midwest Pro Mod Series and and um, decided that, you know, I wanted the racetracks to make money. And that was the purpose of coming up with the series and us to have a good purse to race for so in 2017, I put on five races, or maybe it was six, five or six races, I can't remember. In 2017, everybody came out and supported it. Um, and then 2000, of course, 2018, it blew up and uh, just got even better. And, uh, you know, we had a major sponsor that come on board. And then we moved into 2019, and it's really, really, really um, grew. And, and, I decided in 2016, after we did the Elite 16 race, or 2000, I'm sorry, 18, we did, we did the Elite 16 race, and I added top sportsman and top dragster. And then I decided in 2019, I'm going to find a sponsor, and I'm going to add the class that I've always loved. I've loved both of them. I've run both of them. Right. And that's where I started, and and I'll never forget where I started because, you know, same guys are down, same guys that are running it now is liable to come pro mod racing. For so. Sure. Um, I decided in 2019 and race star wheels stepped up and decided, Hey, you know, we want to sponsor this top dragster. And then, uh, of course, Danny Nelson, uh, he decided he, he would help a little bit too. So I had them two guys step up for top sportsman and then our top dragster. And then, uh, then of course, top sportsman, we added it and, you know, it just, it just, it's getting better and better every race too. Well, I was there in St. Louis, and it, it was a phenomenal show. I mean, uh, I don't know if you got the car count you were looking for on the top sportsman and top dragster side, but they were bad, fast cars, and it was a it was a hell of a show. Well, I think more than anything is uh, there was more cars in the first top sportsman race in Texas. Right. Than the, the, so St. Louis got better, even though the car count wasn't quite where I wanted the top Top dragster was a full field. Yep. Top sportsman was a little bit short. I'm not going to give up on my top sportsman guys. Well, the weather was a little, little tricky I too. Think, I think what's happened is everybody wants to know what's the real deal. Everybody want to know there's something else. Earl Fools, I've been racing with, I've raced with him forever, and Earl Fools sitting here leading the points, and um, 
I think Kirk Pipke and a few others are right on his tail and uh, Galetti and all them guys. But um, I think they had to believe in it first. They had to believe that it was really happening. You know, uh, uh, Monty Weaver was one that really hit me up and said, hey, man, can you put this in the clap? Put it in, put it in, put it in. We'll do it. Bob Galetti, hey, can you do it? Just don't schedule him on top of a Division Four. <laughs> I said, no problem. Right. Yeah. And uh, But I found that a lot of them are um, – are, uh, from the St. Louis race, they're they're the show with us. They're not just a class like in H. And I don't mean this in a bad way in any way. So nope. don't 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 take this in any bad way. But nope. uh, they're not a second chance class. They're not a. They're not just a class. They are part of the show. They're on the live feed. They're in all the press releases. They're in. I mean, the winners and the runner ups are all in there. They're they're no different than than the pro mod guys. And I think that's what they're all starting to experience is, hey, you know, we got a few sponsors that, that jump on board with us and give us a little bit of money and help us go do this. And guess what? They're getting a little notoriety on the live feed, and uh, they're getting in Nash- they're getting in Drag Illustrated, and they're getting all over the news sites all over the country, getting a little bit on Google, YouTube, you know, Bank Shift covering all of it. Um, and then, of course, in Top Dragster, we had a full field, and um, one of the things that I really enjoyed was I've raced with uh, the Mosers for a long time. Um, back in the day, we'd all, you know, of course, they had like 13,000 cars at every Division Four race. But uh, <laughs> um, anyway, they'd have their cars sitting out there, and we all, you know, I had a few cocktails, and, you know, after the weekend was up and with them, and, and good, they're great people, and they come out, and they just, they couldn't say enough. Obviously, he won the race, Rob did, but, I mean, well, they couldn't say enough good about us. So those, those, I think everybody's just believing in the two classes and know that they're going to be there. So yeah, I think that's important. Um, I think NMCA tried it for a while, and 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 NHRA I think does this from time to time. They'll try a class and it it just they don't stay with it long enough to have it gain traction. So the fact that you understand that is a, is a big deal for these guys. And to your point about as they stay with the series, the, the more visibility they'll have that's better for sponsors that's better for everybody well and the other part is how about this it's a day and a half show right you top sportsman top director doesn't have to show up until friday before q1 i mean it's they don't have to come on wednesday to get a parking spot right i mean they're gonna have a parking spot so i mean they 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 pull in on they pull in on friday morning boom they're ready to go racing and they're home sitting on the couch on Sunday or traveling home Sunday. They can leave Saturday night after the race or, or uh, we don't make them stay. They can leave after the race or they can, or they can uh, enjoy the racing and leave out Sunday morning. But if they want to be home Sunday, they're home Sunday. That's, That's right. what I like about it is, you know, if you take a lot of these people that are in the top sportsman, top dragster, pro mod, even the pro mods, that's why they love our series so much, is take one day off of work. What does that cost you? Too yeah. much. <laughs> Too much, right? So if you take a day off, so if you if you've got to not be off until Thursday and you take off Friday only, a lot of these people do it for free. They're 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 they're, they're crewing on their buddy's car for nothing, and they're taking their vacation day or whatever. So now, if they only got to take one vacation day, or maybe they're off on Friday, you never know. But I think everybody's enjoying the day and a half show. It's a difference maker, I think so. And I and the guys that I talked with. And just, you know, my own personal, uh, it's a difference maker. And it, to me, it makes a lot of sense. 
you know, I had a live feed yesterday talking about I changed the bump, so everybody knows I did change the bump on. We we need to get more. Everybody can see that the purse payout six grand. You know, I got a two fifty entry, and if you got sixteen cars showing up, that isn't six grand, is it? No, nope. <laughs> not even close. So uh, so we got to get a little bit more participation, and I think what happened was with NHRA and. PDRA and a few others are allowing the classes to to the bumps to be a little bit different. So we made ours four ninety nine yesterday. So uh, three sixty six to four ninety nine, and both top dragster and top sportsman both. So we'll pick up another. Hopefully we we'll pick up another ten or twelve cars. Hopefully we have enough to have two sixteen car fields and um, and and treat it just no different than the pro mod slot where you get points in a in a uh, in a um, slammer class type type category. So gotcha. And now. You, but the door cars and the dragsters are still going to run separate. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Now, I thought about, hey, you take number one, whoever wins each category, run them off. That would be pretty cool. If that's something maybe we can do it at the Elite 16 race in November. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think those are really good changes. And, and um, as this thing, we'll release this later in the week, so your um, post has been out for a couple of days. But but I think that's a big deal, moving uh, moving the bump. Uh, back to 499, allowing some cars that maybe were concerned that they couldn't make the field, give them a chance to come and say, "Hey, I'm going to race. Um, I just don't know where yet." Yeah, I think our bump at the last race was, um, I think it was four. I want to say four. I want to say 450, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah, I know somebody was dialed 450. Yeah, but there wasn't a full field, so that's right. Uh, but if you and top sportsman, there wasn't. But right. you take a look at um, PDRA is really thriving in both categories. If you take a look, what they have forty something top dragsters. At, at least, um, yeah, it was a it was a really nice weekend for them this this last. Real weekend. good weekend, and then same thing with top sportsman. They had thirty something, thirty eight or thirty two, maybe it's thirty two. Yep. But you know, our goal is that we get that kind of turnout, that kind of support, so we can break it up and say, hey, we're going to have two purses. You know, we're going to have this class and then the top 16 and then the bottom 16. So that's the ultimate goal for maybe not at Tulsa, but maybe uh, when we make it to Extreme in Texas, Extreme Glacier Park, uh, their 4th of July weekend, maybe maybe there we can uh, move it a little bit. So, Yeah, I, I'm i just going to tell you, I, I think you're going to get there sooner than you think. Um, I think uh, just seeing the show and hearing the feedback from the guys who were there, um, yeah, they're very happy with how the show progressed and and um, how they were treated, and I I just think you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get there sooner rather than later, Keith. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but I mean, I'm real good about recognizing those who've done well. You know, uh, pretty much went to every single person that was a winner, runner-up, or that I seen stand out during the race, and congratulated them on their personal Facebooks and stuff. Told him how you know good one was Craig Sullivan had two record runs um, yeah. and pro mod and I went to his and I said hey you know although you didn't go any you didn't go to you know you won first round and didn't make it any further you I could see the great improvement in his team and as et as et proved it and you go over and you just you know you just see you know the Wiggins that you see them they're they're kicking butt and, mm-hmm. um, it, it just Everybody, you know, Earl Fools for winning again. God, is anybody going to take him off this crown? Right, and we're going to have him on here in a few minutes. I don't. You probably don't know this, but he's going. He's my next guest, and so I I can't wait to have him on and uh, talk to. He's he's great. 
Well, let me just tell you what. I, I, I have raced with them, and he'll tell you back in the day when I had my GXP and my GTO, we all fought it out. All of us did, you know. I've raced them, won, raced them, and lost. Uh, and I think their team um, is pretty it's pretty dang – they're pretty dang awesome. So I, I just enjoy – like I say, I, I love top sports. but never going to change my mind no matter what. And if I ever decide to back off a of pro mod racing, I'll go right back to top sports with it. Of course, yeah. I mean, they're the roots, right? That's right. That's right. You never can forget where you come from. And I think that's why everybody um, likes me is that – and some don't, some do, but uh, probably more like than don't. But it's because I don't forget where I come from, no matter whether or not uh, – you know, I started as a detail boy and now own eight car dealerships. So um, I still treat that guy the same way as I treat my top manager. So I think – and that's the same way I do in – the Midwest Pro Mod Series. There isn't – my Pro Mod guy any better than my top dragster guy or my top sportsman or my X275 or if we've got juniors or my junior or one of the track officials or the water box guy. It, everybody's the same, yeah. and that's how everybody should be treated. Agreed. Hey, Keith, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, really enjoyed yeah. the conversation. Um, we'll maybe follow up later in the year and kind of – uh, see how this thing's gone, but I'm real excited for you. I'm excited for the the series and and doing those changes. First, bringing Top Sports and Top Director on for this year, and then the changes you've made here just recently. Um, I I look for really really big things. Well, uh, and again, appreciate what you're doing for the Top Director and Top Sportsman um, the category. They need um, people like you to help keep the awareness upon them. So, and we're going to do the same. We're gonna we're gonna talk about them. Can't wait to see who the next winner is at Tulsa this weekend. And the weather looks great. Right. Yeah. Well, Keith, thanks for coming on. Um, Everybody, that was Keith. You know my name, Haney. Um, Thanks so much. Keith, nice work, man. That was was great stuff. All right, sir. All right. Have a good day. You too. All right, bye. This episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is presented by DragRaceLawyer.com. DragRaceLawyer.com, legal help on and off the track. Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com is a longtime drag racer with over 25 years of experience in small business to large corporate legal work. For all your high-powered legal needs, get DragRaceLawyer.com. Okay, let's put it in the beams with Earl True or False False Racing. Um, he is your first Division Four IHRA Top Sportsman Champion in 2000. He's your 2006 NHRA Division Four Top Sportsman Champ. He was the first in the sixes and first over 200 miles per hour at any Super Chevy show where they had top sportsmen. And he's also your current Midwest Pro Mod Series points leader, Earl False. Earl, welcome to the show. Thank you, right? Hey, man. Um, it says here on the tech card, it says that you are from Raceland, 
Louisiana, which I think is the coolest uh, name for a racer ever for hometown. But tell our listeners, where is that at? Well, it's, it's, it's not all that. It looks good on a tech card, though. But <laughs> I'm about 50 miles south of New Orleans. But I'm not in the water. You're <laughs> still on high, high ground. <laughs> all right, because, uh, yeah, that sounds like you'd be in the water. Nope, nope. It sounds that way, but I'm not. All right. Um, well, so, and you're from there. Um, right. And uh, so you grew up in Raceland. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started in the sport. Well, I, around 1980 or so, um, my sister's boyfriend was in a car club, and I had a 78 Firebird, so joined the car club. Didn't know what drag racing was about, and they were racing, so they took us to the track, and by mistake, I ended up running up at my first race. Didn't know why, I just did. <laughs> Not because I was good, because I didn't know what to do wrong, I guess. And I was hooked ever since, you know, just one thing led to another. Yeah, and um, so that was your first your first car. Um, and what was the first true uh, drag race car that you had? Uh, 68 Camaro that I would drive for my daily driver. We'd race to the track, race at the track. All my vehicles just came from opportunity. You know, I'd buy an old junker and fix it up, and somebody liked it, prove it could win, you know, and kept moving up. Did that with probably 40, 50 cars to get to the car I have now. 40 or 50 cars. Yep. Yep. And I I move on a deal. (laughs) I'm all about a deal. (laughs) Well, it sounds like it. That's a, that's a, a, an awesome number. And you, you've got a great piece now. Um, Oh yeah. It's a Tommy Mooney car. I I love it. And it's another 68 Camaro, correct? Yep. Yep. Have you mostly raced Camaros then? Over the years? Yeah, mostly. Uh, I also have a little street car that's a 60. I guess I, I'm kind of stuck on that era of cars, you know. But whatever I can get my hands on, I've run a few Mustangs along the way also. You know, just whatever comes along, I make use of it and move on. Yeah. well, But this one stuck with me for the last oh, 12 years I've been having this car. That's a long – it sounds like a long time for you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> There's a bunch come along the way in between. <laughs> But this one stuck around. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been successful. I don't blame you for wanting to hold on to it a little bit. Um, but walk our listeners through that if a little bit, if you don't mind. As far as what? The car? Or yeah, the... so um, you said it's a Mooney car. It's 68 yeah. Camaro. Um, it was Tommy Mooney's personal car that uh, he raced in Pro Mod. And then it went to Steve Vick. And I had heard that Vick was wanting to get a new body style car. When somebody happened to buy the current, I was, let me back this up a little bit. Uh, I had a Don Ness Cutlass that I had won that first championship with. And I was, I want to say in 04, 05, I was going for a championship in NHRA and looking good, but a guy buys my car. Well, I got to sell it. That's just the way I race, you know. <laughs> he wants it, it's gone. So I'm stuck with no car. But I was liking, like what Shannon Jenkins ran, and I used to watch Steve Vick and all them guys run at the IHRA uh, national events. We were in Top Sportsman, and I'd watch ProMod. So I wanted that body-style car, so I was trying to find one. And Greg Lair told me he knew so-and-so who knew Steve Vick and knew he was looking to get rid of it and move to uh, a new body style. So it wasn't really up for sale. I called him and 
He said, well, how'd you hear that? I said, well, I just heard it. <laughs> and we ended up striking a deal, and I bought the car. But um, it's a Mooney chassis. I run a uh, – at first I got just a car, and I had a 706 out the other car. Raced with that until a guy comes into my shop and buys my motor. So then I called Vic back a couple of years later and bought the Hemi from him because as they move up, I would buy the motor they were running before they move up, you know. Okay. And that's how I got this Hemi. But it's a Hemi, uh, Sonny's Hemi, 778 cubic inches, uh, only three nitrous systems because everybody else is running four or five or six. I don't know. But <laughs> I got three kits on mine, four-speed Lenko, and it works for me. Clearly, it works for you. But did you you said you're running a Lenko in Top Sportsman. No power glide for you? No, I don't want to see a power glide. <laughs> I, I work on that all week long. On the weekend, I want to get away from that, so I like my clutch. Yeah. You said you work on them all day long. Um, so that's because well, you run a transmission shop, sport, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have a transmission shop, right. And so when the weekend comes, no more automatics for you. Let's let's That's pull some right. gears. <laughs> I'm going to get away from work. So, yeah, I'm going to pull some gears. and I'll help a buddy out, don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to get work. I'm going to get away from work. That's right. Um, and this link has been in my uh, car I had before this one. It, it went with the car. You know, it, it changed from car to car. And I think I broke it one time in 10 years. Well, it's so impressive to me because in a world where it, the competition keeps better and better and better every you know every year certainly, but um, and it seems like having a having a turbo four hundred or a, you know power glide that can handle a lot of horsepower is the way to go. You're pulling gears. Um, that's super impressive to me. But the other thing that kind of blew me. You said you don't even have a radiator on that thing. No. Um... When I bought the motor from Steve Vick, he told me, he said, you're going to run it this way, and you're never going to run a radiator again. And I said, yeah, right. That's what I'm thinking. You know, he, he's trying to sell his motor. But he's right. I love it. I mean, if you ever watch me when we had the races, well, you did. You've seen it. Oh, yeah. I just got two big carpet blowers. I put in the headers and pull the plugs out, and I can be cool just as fast as you could with a uh, bracket car. It don't get hot, and it's just so easy to work on. You know, billet heads, billet blocks. So it's to me is the way to go. I got you. I've had this motor for ten years. Uh, I do all my own work. I'll get a machine shop to do any machining I need, but everything else I do. And I've not had any issues because of heat at all. Well, that is certainly against conventional wisdom, but there's nobody that yeah. can argue with you for the success you've had. Um, but you've got help. Um, you mind telling us a little bit about your crew and? Uh, and how important well, Josh is for you? It's very yeah, Josh, my son. He's been doing it since he can walk, really. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I mean, he he's the greatest. Uh, anybody that watches him will see he's very very dedicated. Um, I wouldn't be doing it anymore without him. And he also has a top dragster, but he he rather come and crew for me. And there's gonna come a point where I guess I'll let him drive. But so far, I'm, I got it, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. but he's he's been doing it. Uh, I've seen. I'm talking with people, and he's servicing a clutch. I'll break a rear end. He's changing a rear end when he was probably 12 years old, you know. And he just grew up around it. And when I would go, I want to say around 05, 06 time frame, he wasn't old enough to be on the starting line. I'd go to these national events. 
and they would stop us, and he couldn't even get on the golf cart. So then I got to find somebody. Well, Clay Milliken took him on his crew. Just well, Josh, come with us, you know, because we kind of friends, and and she, they was impressed with him. They said, "Man, he knows more than most of my guys," you know. And <laughs> so everybody got to see him out there. Uh, Jerry Haas is one that would see him at the track and what he was doing. And it got to a point, he said, "Hey, Josh, put him here. You know, this is what you're looking for." You know, when he lined me up, and so a lot of good people helped him out along the way. But I couldn't do it without him. That's for sure. Yeah, he he works his tail off um, for sure, and obviously he's doing the right thing because uh, he's making you look good. That's for sure. I couldn't do it without him. When he don't come, I got to run the tune up. I got I I can't get in there and work the laptop and <laughs> move time. I, I mean, I can, but I'm lost with it because I get spoiled letting him do it. Right. And I don't want to go when he can't go anyhow. Uh, the other guy, you, uh, Robert Colart, he was with us this weekend when I had seen you. He comes when he can. They got a car, a top dragster they run with Eli McGee. But when they can, he likes to come with us. So we get a couple of guys helping they can, but mostly it's me and Josh. Yep. Well, you've mentioned. This coming weekend is going to be just me and Josh. Well, you, are you going to let him off um, to go with you for, to chase the rest of this series? <laughs> He's very expensive. I got to pay him either way. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> He's you're... always wanting to go, believe me. Yeah, yeah. Um... And he worked on his own Sunday. He he was doing work because he knows we piled up and we got to get it done. So, yeah, you got to put in the time. Oh, right. Yeah, Um well, you've mentioned you've mentioned Top Dragster a couple of times. Would would you ever get in a Top Dragster car? No, I had an experience in a Dragster oh probably twenty years ago. Um, it was a Dragster I had got from my wife Nicole, who I definitely couldn't race without Nicole. You won't see her much, and this is the reason why she wanted to race a little bit, and uh, I had got a Dragster for her that I don't even know how I got my hands on it, but it was just a bone stock three fifty. But it was a nice low dragster to see if she wanted wanted to race, you know. And mm-hmm. she ran it right away. She said, well, it's not fast enough. So, okay, <laughs> I can fix that. <laughs> but she loved it. So I took and was building a bigger motor for her. Meanwhile, I'm running the road. This was back around 99, 2000 in IHRA. Nobody to go with me. Josh wasn't, <laughs> wasn't around then. So I had a buddy who had a motor. I said, look, put your motor in my dragster. You can come with me on the road. So we put his motor in there, go to a big uh, George Howard bracket race, but I'm not running it. He's going to run it. I got a, a division race the next weekend. I'm running for another championship, and I was in good shape to win it. Well, he had trouble. It was like 100 degrees. He wanted me to make a pass, see what was going on, and he forgot to put the fuel cell cover on it. I was running alcohol, and you sit right on top of the tank. It sprayed me, and I caught on fire, got burned, and I laid on the ground 45 minutes waiting on the ambulance. So that put a stop to my drags today's, and her wanting to even be involved with it after that, you know. Uh, I bet. I bet. Um, so you were out, then obviously it probably ruined your championship uh, hopes yeah. that year. and then. Um, yep. But the great thing about that, the next week was uh, Sealy, Texas, I couldn't go. I couldn't get a helmet on my head. My head was swole up twice, you know, what it should be. Uh, I, I take it back. The kids were just born at that time. They were scared of me. I mean, I was uh, <laughs> face swole up, hands swole up. I burnt my face, my hands, my legs. 
pretty bad. But I'm trying to figure, man, how am I going to get a helmet on? But I couldn't go. Yeah. I couldn't race. I couldn't work for three months. But in Sealy, Texas, almost everybody at that event, I got a banner that'll wrap around my uh, house just about. Over 400 people signed. We love you. Hurry back. You know, that means a lot. That, that wow. tells you how you touch people, you know. And uh, I made it for three months off of racing friends that would just call. They knew I was self-employed. They would send money. And we made it, you know. So that's a hell of a um, – that's what racers do, though. Yeah. They all pull together. That, that's a, that's amazing. It's a heck of a story. Thank you for sharing that with us. That And to your point, that that's, um, I've seen that time and time again, right, um, where racers step up. Just impressive oh, and, that, and different. And, and draw. Draw. See, whenever I see draw, I donate because <laughs> they would send me money every other week, and as soon as I, I could get by it, and I called them to stop, you know, but – Man, it, it draw is very important. You know, you ever get a chance, donate. You know, great point. They definitely look out for you. Yeah, well, we're we're very happy that you made it back. That you're having such a heck of a season this year already with the Midwest Pro Mod Series. Um, we wish you the best of luck the rest of the season. Um, Rob, tag him, give him the podcast certification. Uh, Earl, come back anytime. Love to have you. Uh, best of luck the rest of the year. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Earl. Thank you, Rex. Bye. This episode of the Half Track Report is brought to you by Backup Girls. Backup Girls, enhancing the starting line visual for over 60 years. Of course, that's not correct. Uh, This episode of the Half Track Report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. We'll start off with uh, the NHRA event. Um, The Southern Nationals in Atlanta where the top dragster was competed. Um, Familiar name, Ross Laris. Um, also down in Louisiana, uh, I think Raceland as well. Uh, Ross Laris goes six ten with a seven at two hundred and thirty miles an hour for to be the number one qualifier. Uh, but ultimately, it was Clint Riley over Steve Cohen uh, in the finals. Um, Steve went double oh four red in the final and was absolutely nasty um, all through eliminations. Um, I, I know he's probably kicking himself a little bit there as we all would but he was so so good um all competition long uh but clint riley uh gets the wally and uh, congrats to him uh down in atlanta um also on the nhra level uh division three which was competed in national trail this week and is a lot like um most of the tracks this weekend where the track dryers got a workout all weekend. I mean, it was raining everywhere, no exception in National Trail. In fact, as we're recording this, I haven't seen the results because they were going to finish up on Monday. Uh, So those guys got a lot of time uh, to play cards over the weekend. Um, They did get in one qualifying session, uh, Lester Johnson and Top Sportsman, 
put the easy tune on it and go 631 at 225 um, to go number one there. I'm sure he's just trying to, um, you know, get her in the show as they all work because we only had one qualifying pass. Um, next week we'll get you settled up with how that shook out on Monday. On the top dragster side, your number one qualifier was Danny Waddle at 612 at 222. Um, so, again, lots of track drying going on, lots of card playing, whatever it would be. Um, and um, so they're finishing up on a Monday in National Trail. Out uh, in Boise, Idaho for the D6 um, race, uh, the Firebird Raceway out there in Boise, um, top sportsman um, Kent Ratzloff was your number one qualifier, um, but Marty Castnago um, beats Frank Tamez in the final. Uh, Frank rolled out his new 67 Nova, which I believe won best appearing. It is an absolute stunner. Um, he he gets the best appearing, but uh, comes up just a little short in the finals. Uh, congrats to Frank for rolling out that new beauty. Um, on the track top dragster side, um, Robert uh, Taylor gets uh, the number one qualifier. He's six thirteen at two twenty seven, um, but Dustin Wirtz uh, wins over Shane Molinari, who broke out in the final. So. Uh, at least the the folks out in Idaho got their event in. Everybody else kind of had to deal with with rain um, in one form or another. And lastly, we go to the PDRA, which uh, had their Mid Atlantic Showdown um, in Virginia. Um, again, like like we've been talking about, this is they got a lot of rain. Um, they got most of the racing in, but the finals will all be run in Maryland next month. So uh, we've got some information for you. John Benoit uh, goes 389 to take the number one spot in top sportsman, in the elite top sportsman class, I should say. The bump spot there was a 412, so it's a really fast class. Um, And Glenn Butcher will face Tim Mulner in the final when they do uh, finally run that next month. But it just apparently got too much rain. They got as much as they could in and had to – had to uh, call the finals. So um, Glenn and Tim will will duke it out next uh, next month in Maryland to see who actually wins the Virginia race. Um, similarly, on the top dragster side and elite side, Brian Bender goes 379. Um, the bump was 407 there on the top dragster side. Um, William Brown the third and Nick Hamilton both made the finals, so they'll figure it out in a month. Um, but then, as we talked about a little bit with Keith Haney, um, they also, PDRA runs a quick 32 if you don't make the elite version, the top 16 that way. Um, and so on the top sportsman side, Jeff Brooks in his in his Henry J is going to run Chad Tilly uh, in his 96 Beretta. And, and this is just one of the reasons why I like the class so much. You have, obviously, in the Pro Mod side, any heads-up class – Ultimately, you got to get to a drag coefficient that makes sense. Um, you don't necessarily have to do that in the top sportsman side. So, obviously, you get the Henry J's, which are super cool. Um, you get one of my favorites, the 96 Berettas. Just, that's when I graduated high school. I always kind of liked them. Um, always wanted to make them a real-world drive car. So, uh, Chad Tilley's got his 96 Beretta um, in the final there, that 
quick 32 top sportsman event um, that they will they'll settle uh, in Maryland and then on the dragster side uh, Tim Williams actually they got this one in uh, Tim Williams wins over Jared Kissinger in the final um, so that wraps up our half track report uh, for today stay tuned for um, some more updates uh, next week that we thought we were going to do today all right, let's get out of the groove just for a minute here um, and talk about uh, Mountain Motor Pro Stock at the PDRA event this weekend where we had what I think is the longest burn down in professional motorsports history. Um, a couple of guys staged up, um, sat there for four minutes and 26 seconds beside, before they decided uh, to put it in the final staging beams and and give it a rip. Truthfully, I don't quite understand what uh, the philosophy behind that is. The way the way I operate is, hey, I I feel like as a driver I can get after it um, in either lane, staging first or last, and I feel like that's the only way I can be very very uh, competent at this. Certainly, people have different mentalities i don't quite understand what the thought process was behind that at all but um give them credit they brought some um eyeballs to the class and to the sport so congrats for sitting around for four minutes and 26 seconds um you know maybe we'll get a little detail um as this goes on i i haven't as we recording this i haven't heard anything yet but uh Maybe we'll get those guys on a little later in the, the year and talk about um, why someone would, would burn down that long. Or if, if you feel strongly about it, uh, let me know. I'll, I'll have you on. I don't quite understand it, but I'm happy to, to interview and talk to someone who likes to do burndowns. All right, let's get this thing straightened out and get to the mile per hour cone. we hit the mile per hour cone here um typically this is where we talk tech a little bit so potentially maybe a porter tree sponsor is in order um at some point hint hint but um just a quick stat that i ran across um this week which i thought was phenomenal so at this point in time in the season there have been a handful of drivers that have gone triple o in competition um, I've got 13 of those. I've got nine that have been 001. So that adds up to 22 top dragster uh, competitors that have went perfect or 001. That is an absolute handful. Um, certainly a bad job of red lighting on those guys' part, but uh, um, just goes to show the competition level, where where we've taken this thing um, from a – from a standpoint of how really, really good you have to be um, on the starting line in order to compete at this level. But uh, that, um, that, that was an impressive stat that I, I ran across. I, I think as we go along, there'll be some more things like that, that, that I want to highlight. 
Um, but I just thought uh, having 13 guys go triple O is, is very, very impressive. Okay, that's the show. We took the stripe. We got the wind light, and that is episode three. It's in the books. Um, hey, it's been three weeks. The show keeps getting better and better. Obviously, the interviews today were unbelievable. Uh, so happy to have those guys on. Hey, but uh, give me a little feedback. If it was bad, tell me. Um, if, uh, if you liked it, then tell somebody else. Um, you can subscribe and then follow us. Um, on at Fast Brackets at Twitter, uh, the Fast Brackets podcast on Facebook. That's a Facebook page. You can like that page. And then email me at fastbrackets at outlook.com. Obviously, then, if there's a topic or something you think I should do a better job of covering, I'm all for it. Uh, give me the feedback, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can cover that. But that that's it. That is it for Episode 3. We've made a full pass. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, keep the rubber side down and travel safe. This episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is presented by DragRaceLawyer.com. DragRaceLawyer.com, legal help on and off the track. Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com is a longtime drag racer with over 25 years of experience in small business to large corporate legal work. For all your high-powered legal needs, get DragRaceLawyer.com. Hey, man, you're getting better. Um, we're, we're coming along and obviously the, the guys that I'm interviewing help the process. Yeah. They're way better than you. Uh, I agreed. Agreed <laughs> for sure. I'm just glad. I'm just glad I didn't have to talk about roadsters this week. Like I finally, <laughs> you hate took, the roadsters. I hate the roadsters and they, it took me three episodes and you know what? I swear to you, I could, I could have swore that roadster was going to win the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. I, like it was just there for the taking. I thought, my goodness, I'm going to have to talk about Roadster again because he wins good. So thank goodness I didn't you, have to do. You that. ever done a, like a Kentucky Derby thing? Made an illegal uh, move on the track in front of an opponent? Well, there's you got to stay in your lane, Rob. Yeah, because uh, you guys are going fast. It's so. the reason why I'm not a roundy round guy is because I would do that. You would do or that, or if someone did that to me, I would fight my way out of yeah. the track every night. Yeah. So you've never done that. Not because you wouldn't want to, it's just because you can't. Negative. Yeah. Ghost Rider. What'd you uh what'd you think you sucked at today? There's lots of things, but let's uh let's focus on the positive. All right, what'd you do well? <laughs> um we'll uh, we'll talk about that next week.